And now here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, that's a beach in South Thailand. Tropical. Beautiful. How much time do we have left to enjoy such pleasures? Gonna talk about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch today and how it impacts you and how you can solve it. Welcome back to the Dharmic Evolution, everybody. Hey, if you're digging this show, which I'm sure you are, go over to dharmicevolution.com, sign up for your favorite platform. And uh, if you love Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pandora, uh, they're on the website, right on the front page. You can just sign up right there. I wonder how many know about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. How many people really know about this? I discovered it a few months back and found it very, very disturbing. Um, at first, it was I was told it was the size of France. And then after digging a little, no, 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 it's not. It's uh, the landmass is twice the size of France. And now it's, um, I'm getting all these conflicting reports. It's twice the size of Texas. But there's not just one of them. There are two of them in the Pacific Ocean. And I guess I, our behaviors have gotten so bad that a couple of weeks back, I saw some woman getting out of her car and she had this cigarette lit, I guess, for maybe a minute or two because there's a big whole cigarette. Gets out of the car, throws it on the ground, steps on it. And I, I just, I almost ran over to her and said, you know, who's going to pick that up? Who is going to clean up? your garbage and uh it's very disturbing to watch people throwing garbage in the street constantly so we have to uh, change our behavior um a couple weeks back i put out a show about the humpback whales comeback humpback comeback i don't know if you caught that one it's a good one so my thinking was that it's de 276 it's only a few weeks back but my thinking was that the whales are kind of teaching us something and we woke up and assisted them and now the population has come back. But they're living in garbagey waters. <laughs> Just absolutely disgusting what is going on with this uh, garbage in the oceans. And I think there's too many people in the world right now. What are we up to? 8.5 billion People and the carelessness and the throwaway societies that we have. And there's all kinds of other things that um, play into this. Like there was um, the Legos. Did you hear about the Legos? I think there was two different disasters of Legos, the toys, that a whole ship capsized like all of these Legos in the ocean. And they're supposed to be around for like maybe a couple thousand years before they disintegrate. The problem with this plastic is that it doesn't, it breaks down very slowly into like little tiny, almost like uh, tiny, tiny little pebbles and it turns the water cloudy. So we don't get rid of the plastic. It just takes forever to go away. 
and the fishers, the fish are all ingesting it and eating it. So, uh, and then on top of that, I think the tsunamis just go in and when they decimate the, the land, when they hit the land, they just reclaim anything that is, I shouldn't say reclaim, they just claim anything that's available to the, the waters. It just drags everything out, cars and, you know, uh, furniture and debris and garbage and just pulls it back into the ocean. So I want to talk a little bit about this garbage patch thing and just, you know, bring everybody's awareness into it because I think it's important that we start to reshape our behavior and our attitudes towards uh, the most beautiful thing, thing we have on this planet, which is the oceans. They're amazing, or they were amazing. So I pulled this off of uh, National Geographic's website, and it's really... Um, it's quite shocking to, to see this in, in play, to, um, to understand the magnitude of this garbage in the ocean. It's just really, really shocking. So uh, it's a collection of marine debris in the North Pacific Ocean. Marine debris is litter that ends up in the ocean seas and other large bodies of water. What we know about garbage patches. Uh, there has a great poster on here, if you could check it out, and it shows the um the two great garbage patches the one is called the western garbage patch and it's um you know it's obviously on the side it's off the coast of japan and and the philippines and that whole section there and then there's the eastern garbage patch um or north pacific uh what does it say sub two i can't read it it's so small but it is off the coast of California, Southern California, Mexico. So they, they're opposite one each other in, in the oceans, uh, you know, separated by probably a couple thousand miles or more. And uh, they rotate, you know, in a clockwise direction, uh, given the currents, how they're pushed around. And it's kind of a collection thing. So let me read a little bit about what they describe here and maybe you can understand it better. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a collection of marine debris in the North Pacific Ocean. Marine debris is litter that ends up in ocean seas and other large bodies of water. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch, also known as the Pacific Trash Vortex, spans waters from the west coast of North America to Japan. The patch is actually comprised of the Western Garbage Patch, located near Japan, and the Eastern Garbage Patch, located between the U.S. states of Hawaii and California. These areas of spinning debris are linked together by the North Pacific Subtropical Convergence Zone, located a few hundred kilometers north of Hawaii. This convergence zone is where warm water from the South Pacific meets up with cool water from the Arctic. The zone acts like a highway that moves debris from one patch to another. The entire Great Pacific Garbage Patch is bounded by the North Pacific Subtropical Gyre. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, defines a gyre as a large system of swirling ocean currents. Increasingly, however, it also refers to the garbage packs, patch, a vortex of plastic waste and debris broken down into small particles in the ocean. The North Pacific subtropical gyre is formed by four currents rotating clockwise around an area of 7.7 million square miles. 
the California current, the North Equatorial current, the Kuroshino current, and the North Pacific current. The area in the center of a gyre tends to be very calm and stable. The circular motion of the gyre draws debris into this stable center where it becomes trapped. A plastic water bottle discarded off the coast of California, for instance, takes the California current south towards Mexico. There, it may catch the North Equatorial Current, which crosses the vast Pacific. Near the coast of Japan, the bottle may travel north on the powerful Kuroshiro Current. Finally, the bottle travels westward on the North Pacific Current. The gently rolling vortexes of the eastern and western garbage patches gradually draw in the bottle. The amount of debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch accumulates because so much of it is not biodegradable. Many plastics, for instance, do not wear down. They simply break into tinier and tinier pieces. Hey, I got a great idea. What about if, um, if this thing is so powerful, it's acting like a catch basin? So why can't we use that to put machinery in place to just you know, do away with the garbage, collect it, put it on a ship and, you know, uh, recycle it, you know, kind of like a floating oil derrick that just uh, chases these things around and continually mines the garbage out of the sea. I would like that. I can hear the scientists laughing at me right now, but that's okay. For many people, the idea of a garbage patch conjures up images of an island of trash floating on the ocean. In reality, these patches are almost entirely made up of tiny bits of plastic called microplastics. They can't always be seen by the naked eye. Even satellite imagery does not show a giant patch of garbage. The microplastics of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch can simply make the water look like a cloudy soup. This soup is intermixed with larger items such as fishing gear and shoes. You know, you got to check out these, you know, some of the photos I've seen. It does look like a massive island of garbage in some cases. Uh, it's, it's just everything you can imagine that is garbage clinging together with nets and it's all intertwined and just collected together. It's pretty, it's pretty horrid, pretty hard. Uh, the seafloor beneath the Great Pacific Garbage Patch may also be an underwater trash heap. Oceanographers and ecologists recently discovered that about 70% of marine debris actually sinks to the bottom of the ocean. That's disturbing right there. How are we going to clean that up? While oceanographers and climatologists predicted the existence of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, it was a racing boat captain by the name of Charles Moore who actually discovered the trash vortex. Moore was sailing from Hawaii to California after competing in a yachting race. Crossing the North Pacific subtrop subtropical gyre, Moore and his crew noticed millions of pieces of plastic surrounding his ship. That must have been fun. Uh, no one knows how much debris makes up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. The North Pacific subtropical gyre is too large for scientists to trawl. In addition, not all of the trash floats on the surface. Denser debris can sink centimeters or even several meters beneath the surface, making the vortex nearly impossible to measure. About 54% of the debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch comes from land-based activities in North America and Asia. 
The remaining 20% of debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch comes from boaters, offshore oil rigs, and large cargo ships that dump or lose debris directly into the water. The majority of this debris, about 705,000 tons, is fishing nets. More unusual items, such as computer monitors and Legos, come from dropped shipping containers. I was speaking about that earlier. Uh, the Legos thing is is just crazy. Like, you, you think these little toys, but when there's like trillions of them or however many they dropped in, all these containers fell off the ship. I think it happened in 1997, um, pretty bad off the coast of England. While many different types of trash enter the ocean, plastics make up the majority of marine debris for two reasons. First, plastics durability, low cost, and malleability means that it's being used in more and more consumer and industrial products. Second, plastic goods do not biodegrade, but instead break down into smaller pieces. This is tragic because, as I was saying earlier, the fish, they eat this, um... There was a photo of a dead bird, like a seabird, and they cut it open, and it was a young bird, and in there was, like it looked like a prescription bottle, plastic water bottle caps, a butane lighter, and apparently the mother was feeding this to her babies because she thought it was food. You know, really, really tragic. Uh, marine debris can be very harmful to marine life, in the gyre. For instance, loggerhead sea turtles often mistake plastic bags for jellies, their favorite food. Albatrosses mistake plastic resin pellets for fish eggs and feed them to chicks, which die of starvation or ruptured organs. So how much time do you really think that we have left before we'll never hear this sound again? Kind of tragic, isn't it? Seals and other marine mammals are especially at risk. They can get entangled in abandoned plastic fishing nets, which are being discarded largely due to inclement weather and illegal fishing. Seals and other mammals often drown in these forgotten nets, a phenomenon known as ghost fishing. Marine debris can also disturb marine food webs in the North Pacific subtropical gyre. As microplastics and other trash collect on, on or near the surface of the ocean, they block sunlight from reaching plankton and algae below. Algae and plankton are the most common autotrophs or producers in the marine food web. Autotrophs are organisms that can produce their own nutrients from carbon and sunlight. If algae and plankton communities are threatened, the entire food web may change. Animals that feed on algae and plankton, such as fish and turtles, will have less food. If populations of those animals decrease, there will be less food for apex predators such as tuna, sharks, and whales. Eventually, seafood becomes less available and more expensive for people. And, you know, that's not the biggest problem, the expense, which it is crazy. I mean, I've heard that um, in, in Japan, you can pay up to like a million dollars for tuna, uh, the prize blue tuna, because it's so rare over there. And it's, it's almost like it's a sought after food for very, very rich people. 
And I don't know how much a million buys. I, I hope it's more than a dinner, but I've heard those numbers. It's just crazy. These dangers are compounded by the fact that plastics both leach out and absorb harmful pollutants. As plastics break down through photodegradation, they leach out colorants and chemicals such as bisphenol that have been linked to environmental and health problems. Conversely, plastics can also absorb pollutants such as PCBs from the seawater. These chemicals can then enter the food chain when consumed by marine life. I'm not understanding that. If the plastics can absorb pollutants, uh, why can't we use that? It absorbs it from the seawater. Okay, I guess it's then released back in, but why can't we use the plastics to make some kind of filter then to, to clean up the ocean? Patching up the patch. Because the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is so far from any country's coastline, no nation will take responsibility or provide funding to clean it up. Charles Moore, the man who discovered the vortex, says cleaning up the garbage patch would bankrupt any country that tried it. Many individuals and international organizations, however, are dedicated to preventing the patch from growing. Cleaning up marine debris is not as easy as it sounds. Many microplastics are the same size as small sea animals, so nets designed to scoop up trash would catch these creatures as well. Even if we could design nets that would just catch garbage, the size of the oceans make this job far too time-consuming to consider. The National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration's Marine Debris Program has estimated that it would take 67 ships one year to clean up less than 1% of the North Pacific Ocean. So what do we do? I mean, this is just, it's really disheartening, isn't it? The, the fact that we ruined these oceans and now it's almost impossible to clean them up. Many expeditions have traveled through the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Charles Moore, who discovered the patch in 1997, continues to raise awareness through his own environmental organization, the Al Gelita Marine Research Foundation. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's A-L-G-A-L-I-T-A. Al Galita, I guess that's right. During a 2014 expedition, Moore and his team used aerial drones to assess from above the extent of the trash below. The drones determined that there is a hundred times more plastic by weight than previously measured. The team also discovered more permanent plastic, feature, plastic features or islands, some over 50 feet in length. All the floating plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch inspired National Geographic emerging explorer David D. Rothschild and his team at Adventure Ecology to create a large catamaran made of plastic bottles. It's called the Plastiki. The sturdiness of the Plastiki displayed the strength and durability of plastics, the creative ways that they can be repurposed and the threat they pose to the environment when they don't decompose. In 2010, the crew successfully navigated the Plastiki from San Francisco, California to Sydney, Australia. Scientists and explorers agree that limiting or eliminating our use of disposable plastics and increasing our use of biodegradable resources will be the best way to clean up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. 
Organizations such as the Plastic Pollution Coalition and the Plastic Oceans Foundation are using social media and direct action campaigns to support individuals, manufacturers, and businesses in their transition from toxic disposable plastics to biodegradable or usable materials or reusable materials. So now that's the right thinking, you know. Um, I can't believe we're still using those styrofoam things. You know, when you get an order to go and they put it in styrofoam. Now, styrofoam, when I last checked, that's something that just does not decompose. It's not biodegradable. It lasts forever. You know, sometimes you get those um, things delivered to you and it's packed inside that styrofoam. Why are we still using that? I mean, I think we've lost our minds. Um, just trying to think of ways like, I can't, you know, I, I keep thinking back to in the, after the war, the World War II, when the, we dropped the hydrogen bomb on the Japanese, there were all these tests going on where we were blowing up nuclear weapons under the sea. And it just, so, it just kind of proves that mankind, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, can you imagine the devastation of the, the marine life that happened by detonating atomic bombs under the sea? And it went on for, you know, not just the United States. We started it. But then other countries, hey, we all got to get in on it. Russia and China and, you know, everybody. Hey, we got to have our turn to see how many animals we can decimate. So we're, we're kind of, um, in some ways, we're a little bit out of our minds, and we don't know what we're doing. We really don't know what we're doing. So um, um, my, I am hopeful that uh, what happens is moments of clarity come upon us every now and then, and we start to like think more clearly. Um, I, like, I like when I see these biodegradable things that are, people are using um, for instance, like you can go and get a salad at some restaurants and they call it a bread bowl salad. Instead of using a bowl, they, they fashion almost like a, uh, a bread product into the bowl. And then you can eat the salad and the bowl and it's really delicious. <laughs> and we're not thinking that way. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, you know, the cheapest way we can do things is usually the way it's what we can get away with to least amount of effort most amount of profit and um we have to start challenging each other's thinking you know i, I talked about the smoker earlier and putting out her cigarette in the in the street you know and just thinking well you know it's it's away from me now and as an ex-smoker i have to say the smokers are the worst pigs on the planet i'm sorry smokers out there but you guys are terrible um, people dumping their ashtrays out in parking lots and just thinking, well, this is okay. I, I don't want it in my car anymore. So I'll just drop this filth into the parking lot and let somebody else, you know, let some little kid walk through it or whatever. Um, people are lazy and ridiculous at times, just no consideration for their fellow man. Uh, just get it out of my sight and leave it. So I'm challenging people to wake up and take some responsibility and be a little more clean with your life, okay? Not asking too much to just pick up your own garbage. I saw this Facebook video recently where this one couple was, you know, had stopped on the road and there was a car in front of them. They were waiting for a red light to turn and the car in front of them, the guy started like just 
like he rolled down the passenger window and he just started flipping his garbage out the window, like onto the street, onto the road. And instead of um, the people behind getting, I think it was a man and a woman, instead of getting confrontational, the I think it was the guy got out of the car with a plastic bag and just started cleaning it up. And, you know, the maniac that was throwing it out the window was still there just watching him. And, you know, he didn't get mad, throw something. He didn't get, you know, in his face and have an altercation or anything. Just started picking up all the garbage, put it in a plastic bag, got back in his car, and they, and they drove away. So I hope the uh, the perpetrator of the the foul deed was so embarrassed that he never did that again. But I don't think so. Um, it's just it's just terrible that mankind has so many people that just don't care. You know, you see people with their cigarette wrappers. They go and they buy a pack of cigarettes, tear the plastic top off, and just throw it out the window. Where is that going? Who's going to pick that up? So, okay, uh, enough. I got to get off my soapbox here, but it just disturbs me to see such a great planet just going by the wayside. I go to this place um, in outside of Nashville. It's out in the country. And at first glance, you walk up and down the roads, and it's just gorgeous. It's out in the middle of the forest, and there's water running by. And but at closer look, you look into the you know the tall grasses on the side of the road, and up and down, there's beer cans, there's Coke bottles, there's just things thrown out, old sneaker things. People just you know bag of garbage. People threw out their car window, just don't care. So people start caring. Please start caring a little bit more about your planet. 8.5 billion. Can you imagine if 8.5 billion suddenly went out their front door and picked up five pieces of garbage? What it would do to the the ecology of this planet? Um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but it's my wish that it would. Anyway, that's a wrap. I wanted you to know about the Great Pacific garbage patch google it and take a look at it take a look at what we're doing to our planet it's it's really worthwhile just for the understanding piece of it and for you folks um i'm gonna have a lot more artists on this covid thing has i haven't aggressively aggressively been looking for a lot of people to be on the podcast i've kind of been working on other projects but if you want to be a guest on this show you can just email admin at dharmicevolution.com and um, you can just go to the website also, dharmicevolution.com, the guest tab, and fill out the form right there. And you can uh, look for a spot to be a guest on this show. Wrapping it up right now, um, check out dharmicevolution.com and also the Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. Please check that out. Please be kind to your neighbor and to your planet. And I will be saying a prayer for you. So that's a wrap for me. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. Until the next time, when we meet again, uh, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but uh, let's all stay connected. Connected, everybody. Knows.
sky. 